Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. It's championship week. Very excited. Got the scoreboard up in front of me. Friday morning, sunny out here in Los Angeles. And we want to welcome back to the podcast. He missed his first one on Tuesday. Andrew Lynch back here on Coming Up Winners. We missed you, Mr. Lynch. What were you doing on Tuesday? Sorry, J-Mac, I was distracted. I was looking at uh, potential LeBron James trades because apparently that's the, uh, that's what we're sitting here doing in March in the NBA. Oh, boy. No, I was fantastic. Things are, things are great. Like you said, championship week, so many opportunities to gamble. As producer Conrad said before we came on the air, how do you sit here and not bet on every single game? I just, I've got, I just want to make every possible wager I possibly can. I'm trying to stay disciplined. Let's talk about betting so I don't spend my entire bankroll. I think discipline is the word of March, honestly, because once the brackets come out here on Sunday, and obviously we will have a podcast Monday, we will be here Monday early. Um, you know, there's going to be 32 first round games and, you know, maybe you'll find an edge in a few plus play in games, plus the play in games. You got to have money on those, obviously. And it's just a situation where discipline is going to be the key word, folks. So uh, try to pace yourselves. Just a quick word. We're not going to do any NBA today because I feel like the NBA has been rendered irrelevant this week. Uh, LeBron not playing tonight in Detroit, load management. But Lynch, when I think about it, it's like no LeBron in the playoffs is a massive loss. It's like. I don't know where the juice is on the NBA this week because I've been wall-to-wall college hoops. Now, here's what I'm looking forward to. We're going to watch Zion Williamson probably crush UNC tonight, play through this ACC tournament. Duke's going to go into a deep, deep tourney run. They're obviously the favorites to win the title. And then we're going to have the NBA draft lottery and the Lakers are going to win it. And we all get to talk about how good Zion's going to look. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> the <laughs> Lakers, you check in to see if I'm listening. I'm just speaking it into existence. You just tried Listen. to sneak that through. The Lakers are going to win Zion. What is their percentage chance? I think they're at, like, Best case scenario, it's probably about a three to five percent chance yeah. that they win the number one overall pick. But listen, we've seen it happen before. Um, it's best for business. So yeah, Zion, to, Zion to Los Angeles. Let's go. As of Friday morning, the Lakers have a two percent chance of winning the number one overall pick. But listen, stranger things have happened. Uh, Cavs, I believe, had no, no shot at Kyrie. They were like number nine, and they wanted Bulls one point eight percent chance at Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, yeah. So uh, that's how probabilities work. You just go with the lowest possible probability, and that's the likeliest outcome. Yeah. And we'll get to the NBA deeper, obviously, once March Madness is over. But another big week in the NFL. I mean. Geez, since Tuesday's podcast, let's see what happened. Um, my Jets got Le'Veon Bell, and I think there was a trade involving uh, Odell Beckham. Yes, Odell Beckham on the move to Cleveland. Let's start there, Lynch, in free agency. Now, I want to remind folks, um, you can listen to our old episodes. About a month ago, we talked about the Browns, I think, 33-1. to 1. You could have got them to win the Super Bowl a month ago, back in February, at 33-1. to 1. That line has gone down dramatically since the addition of Odell Beckham. And this is going to be a little contrarian, but we're on the same page here, Lynch. I don't think there's any value now on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. I've seen 14 to 1. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, this morning it's 12 to 1 in Bovada. They have the fifth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't think we need to really harp on this too much. If you're thinking about betting on the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl, don't. Don't. There's just no value there right now. We've talked before about how, excuse me, 
teams that were in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive DVOA in the season prior are your best bet to win the Super Bowl the next season. Obviously, when a team you know, adds a, a huge skill piece like this with the Browns, you have to look outside of those parameters. But even as you dive into the numbers, I just don't see how there's any value on the Browns here. But well, I, what I will say, we talked about this a little bit before we came on air. We're, you and I might be undervaluing the Browns a little bit because I think we both thought the offensive line wasn't great last year. But you looked into some numbers yeah. early this morning, and I think we saw something really, really fascinating. A little, it's very surprising. So early in the season under Tyrod Taylor, they were bad. Offensive line gave up seven sacks in the first uh, three weeks. Okay. Uh, sorry, 13 sacks in the first three weeks. Tyrod was sacked 13 times in the first three weeks. Baker takes over, and again— Against a few teams, Baker struggled. The Ravens sacked him five times. The next week, the Chargers got him five times. The next week, Tampa got him five times. But they ironed out the offensive line. Final seven weeks, Baker was only sacked a total of three times. According to Pro Football Focus, the Browns were the number two offensive line. Now, they did trade away their guard, uh, Zeitler, to the Giants. That's going to obviously be a big loss. But besides the offensive line issues... Lynch, I, I looked at who they beat last year. They beat one playoff team. Baltimore Ravens with Joe Flacco at the helm, 12-9. to That's it. Lost to the Chargers by double digits. Chiefs and Texans all by double digits. Then the close game against the Ravens late. Um, I just think there's a lot of work to do. And I don't want to get too psychological here, but last year they were hunting everybody, right? I'm Baker Mayfield. I'm a rookie. They're going to have a huge target on their back with Odell Beckham. Every week, people are going to be like, oh, the Browns are the most popular team in the league. They're going to be on TV a ton. Those primetime games can wear on you. Expectations. Now, I don't know how you factor that into your gambling, Lynch. You're more of a numbers guy, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually would agree with something you said before the podcast. Fade the Browns, possibly early in the season. Early in the season, and I'm... William Hill listed the Browns' playoff odds uh, a couple of days ago, right after the trade, at yes, minus 175, no, plus 155. I Listen, I'm a big Browns fan. I was you know, the conductor of the Baker train all season long. I'm taking a long, hard look at no at plus 155 no with playoffs. the Browns. Yeah, and yeah. I also, that said, I think if you want to take yes on the playoffs, the smarter bet is over eight and a half wins because they're going to have to get to nine wins to make yeah. the postseason. You're looking at minus 120 there. So and the division is not a cakewalk. Okay, by the way, Steelers are not rolling over. Okay, I know they lost Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. They still have a Hall of Fame quarterback, Juju Smith-Schuster. We saw them excel without Bell last year. Uh, Jalen Samuels, whoever they plug in seems to work. I don't think the Steelers, whose locker room, by the way, is going to be a lot tighter. There's not going to be any internal uh, friction, I don't believe. I still think the Steelers are the probably the team to beat there. And are you writing off the Ravens at this point? I'm not. No, the Ravens were one of the teams that I took uh, right after the season ended as a Super Bowl 54 futures bet. So I I really like the Ravens um, just because I assume that for the regular season, teams aren't going to be able to just stack the box against Lamar Jackson and dare him to pass in every single game. Um, come the playoffs, I'm a little more skeptical. I'm a big, big skeptic of the Steelers moving forward. Are you? I yeah. I I think in, uh, Big Ben is probably about to hit his like LeBron James stage where he's just not <laughs> able to carry a team the same way. Um, and I don't know. I don't. There's 
I think Big Ben has a tendency to rub people the wrong way, as we've seen from some of the reports in the locker room. I don't think all of the internal conflict in Pittsburgh was all on AB. Interesting. Now, uh, and we're not even talking about the Bengals. I mean, because why would we? Uh, well, I gotta say, Andy Dalton only played eleven games last year. AJ Green was hurt. Uh, they've got a guy who I think shook hands with uh, Sean McVay once. Uh, <laughs> Zach Taylor, the new head coach there, I think. Um, I'm not writing them off. I just don't think that division's a cakewalk. Uh, but, yes, I'm with you. Let's pass on the Browns at 14-1 to 1 and maybe look at the no playoffs as the narrative is Cleveland, they're, they're going to win it all. Um, a, a team I do like, well, there's two actually, and we talked about this Tuesday. You weren't here, Lynch. Um, new York Jets. Shocking! You like the, the New York Jets. Well, listen. Um, a couple things in their favor. We uh, we talked at the early uh, outset of the 2018 season. The new coach bump, new head coach, a revival in the locker room. Reich in Indy playoffs. Nagy in Chicago playoffs. If you look back historically, there is a trend of new coaches taking over and getting the team to the playoffs. Adam Gaze love his offensive genius. First year in Miami, by the way. Gets the Dolphins to the playoffs. Now, of course, Tannehill was injured like he always is. Um, and now he's got a huge weapon in Le'Veon Bell. Got a great uh, slot receiver, Jamison Crowder. They got help on the offensive line. Improvement to the run defense. C.J. Mosley, a linebacker. I, I mean, I said earlier that uh, I thought the Jets maybe I would take anything over. What I say, Conrad? Nine and a half? You did say and you that. You guys scoffed like, come on, dude. Uh, you said that in English. My, my ears yes. heard it. My brain rejected it. But they're probably going to be in line with like seven and a half, right? Seven, maybe, maybe eight. I'm uh, telling you, I love the Jets over this year. By the way, Dolphins appear to be tanking. Who's their quarterback as of right now? We don't know. Dan Marino. <laughs> Buffalo Bills, I mean, they were jokes. Sorry, Bills fans who hate me on There social were those media. three hours where they had Antonio they Brown, had though. Antonio that Brown. was amazing. Instead, they got Cole Beasley, John Brown, um, and they, you know, I, I don't know. Frank Gore running back's okay. I'm not buying the Bills. Sorry. Do you love your Jets enough to bet on Le'Veon Bell to lead the league in rushing? I would not bet on that. Um, yes, they, plus 500, no, minus 900. Nah, I, I, I just don't think there's any value in that. I mean, I know Bell's coming off and of not playing, and he's fresh, but historically, Gaze is not a massive run guy. He splits carries often, um, and he likes to throw to running backs. Kenyon Drake was awesome out of the backfield last year, uh, but he's an offensive pass-first guy. Um, I will. I mean, I don't think you can find Jamison Crowder overs, but uh, I would look hard at those. Robbie Anderson is going to be a good fantasy guy because he's your he's your burner deep. I'm just telling you, I I like the Jets a lot next year. I think they're a playoff team. I do think there's value on no actually, as long of a number as that is a minus nine hundred. I really think I, I there's probably less than a 10% chance that Le'Veon Bell leads the league in rushing. So you're not going to get much of a payout no. there. But is that Would that be defined as a cliff jumper prop? If you're putting $900 to win 100 I mean, is that where you're going? Like, I, I, I can't do that. I, that's not how my – that's not into my bankroll management. But – and I got – you said 900 right? Yes, okay. sir. Um, I just – to me, it's tying up a lot of money to not win a lot. That's now, fair. if you're a high roller – and you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, give me nineteen thousand, you know, because I'm that certain. That's exactly what I'm gonna that's do. That's a smart move. Uh, sorry, I'm not in that stratosphere yet. Um, the other team I like, Lynch, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I actually love what they've done. Um, they added two defensive starters, D Ford off the edge, Quan Alexander, linebacker. I know he's coming off the ACL. Um, their backfield. 
Kyle Shanahan has Tevin Coleman, who he worked with in Atlanta, Jarek McKinnon coming off the injury, and Matt Breida, who was pretty good last year. Remember, Shanahan thrived with Freeman and Coleman in Atlanta. I like this three-back system they got. One of the better tight ends in the league in Kittle. Wide receiver is an issue, but you can address that in the draft. I'm telling you, uh, I like any 49ers futures you can find. Now, the division is difficult. They only won four games. I feel like they're kind of the forgotten team, right? Remember the buzz on them last year because of how Jimmy G two years ago ended the season, and then they come in, they kind of struggle. Jimmy G's hurt. I don't know. I'm, I'm bullish on the 49ers next year. I am on paper. My concern is Jimmy G coming back from that injury, and that's a very basic thing to say, but we saw it when Deshaun Watson came back mm. from a very similar injury. He was just not the same quarterback through the first four to six games. Now, what the 49ers have working in their favor in a weird way, is that Jimmy G's injury happened a month earlier than Deshaun Watson's did. Oh. So he's got an extra month of recovery time there. Excellent. Of course, no two injuries are the same, so who knows how uh, how he's been able to recuperate over that month. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you in theory, but I couldn't put my money where my mouth is because of that injury and because of just how important having your quarterback at 100% is in the NFL. Does the division give you pause at all? Uh, Rams, who I think are coming back to earth, I would not bet any Rams overs. Also, you know, I don't know how to feel about the Seahawks. Same. You know, where are I felt like they exceeded expectations last year and we could see a little regression out of them. And I think we agree the Cardinals are at best a five-win team, you know, even with Kyler Murray. So I, I actually think there's value on the Niners in that division. So those are, you know, and, and the playoffs, I think Chicago regresses. Um, we'll probably see the Eagles come up uh, a little bit. So I, I think the 49ers are a playoff team there. I'm ready to put money on the 49ers over, Jets over, obviously as soon as the totals come out. You think we'll have to wait for after the draft for that? Yeah, that's about when they came out last year and the year okay. before. So, so there you have it. Those are some NFL moves we like. Uh, quickly, uh, I want to wrap up. We talked to Antonio Brown total, uh, totals, uh, over-unders for receiving yards, touchdowns. Odell Beckham, are you, are you bullish on any totals? I haven't seen numbers yet. But I just wonder, in that offense, Kareem Hunt's coming in after eight games. Okay? Um, they got a good young tight end. They got Jarvis Landry to move the chains. Uh, I just think they're going to spread the ball around a lot. And Odell was the man in New York. I don't, he's obviously the best offensive threat they have, but I would lean toward Odell Beckham unders, if anything. If, if I were going to make an OBJ play, I think I would actually, kind of related to the Bell play we were talking about earlier, I would lean towards him potentially leading the league and receiving a yes plus Ooh. 550. I think there's value there at plus 550. Now that's interesting. I, I had not, co- leading the league and receiving. Yes, sir. Wow. I, All right. I, I woke it, up folks. this morning feeling dangerous. I feeling like Baker dangerous. Mayfield. All right. So there's there's your NFL free agency wrap. Obviously, as we get closer to the draft, we will be all over uh, some props. Uh, but it appears right now, Kyler Murray, would you say he's locked in at number one, or are you still not feeling that? I did, wouldn't say locked in, but a, a couple of weeks ago, the, the over-under on Kyler's draft position had moved down to two and a half, and yeah. under two and a half is an uh, easy, easy play. And again, I don't want to talk up the podcast too much, but again, we were all over that. Do you remember when it was nine and a half and we said under, under, under? Uh, and now you said it's two and a half. So guys, again, again, I don't want to come off as some guy bragging here. I think we're doing a good job addressing stuff before they happen. All right, let's pivot to college basketball. 
You love March Madness, or do you just like it's it? the reason for the season? Listen, we've <laughs> talked about it. I'm not a huge college basketball fan, but once we get into these tournaments, put it right into my yeah. veins. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, and and it's funny because so I you know I have a lot more people sending me gambling stuff now via DMs on Instagram and Twitter and whatever. Somebody sent me a link here to money that came in on UAB heavy Friday morning. $30,000 bet on UAB. Um, first of all, do you even know what their mascot is? Nope. I don't, and I'm proud to say it. I'm looking. It looks like some kind of green dragon or fire-breathing dragon. Blazers. UAB Blazers. Uh, they're in Conference USA. Somebody bet 30000 on them plus five against Old Dominion. Uh, and I'm going to be tracking this intently because I followed up with a sizable play uh, just to tail it blindly. And you kind of do that sometimes in March Madness, right? Uh, and I told you my system, I've been playing a lot of first halves of teams that played championship week, say on Wednesday, against a team coming in their first game on Thursday. It's been profitable, folks. Not just for me, but I've been told by other gamblers, nine of the last ten years. It has been profitable for me this week. Uh, and so far this morning, I started out 2-1 and one, Ohio State first half, Rhode Island first half. Of course, Florida soiled themselves there against LSU uh, and didn't hit. But Lynch, how do you head into championship week as we approach Bracket Sunday? Do you have any strategies? Do you have any theories outside of you know looking at Ken Palm? No, for me, again, it really comes down to the to the numbers. I'm a huge Ken Palm advocate. Um, what really is fascinating to me, though, I want to circle back here real quick, is how. We talk about conventional wisdom and we talk about, you know, some of these trends and things in sports betting. It's so fascinating to me that consider in the NFL, when you have a team in the NFL, and it makes sense, coming in uh, off of a bye week, they okay. tend to cover like because they're rested. But in college basketball, when you have a team that hasn't played recently, you do run into that rust factor, especially in the first half. And I really want to call attention to that because I think it's very easy to say, "Oh, rested teams, they're either they're going to be rusty or rested teams, they're going to be fired up and they're going to be in a better position to win and to cover." It's very sports specific and it's very very scenario specific. So I just want to kind of again call attention to that is just because you know of something that works in one sport, don't automatically assume that's going to carry over to other sports. Do your homework. 100%. And uh you you just mentioned something that I thought about last night when I saw Texas Tech who Sean Hurley, uh producer of here at FS1 was on the podcast 2 weeks ago. And we talked about teams he likes, and he likes Texas Tech. Okay, Ken Palm loves Texas Tech. Well, they came in rusty against West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, West Virginia covered in the first half, and Texas Tech never recovered. Uh, they pulled, they made it close late, but they ended up losing. So Lynch, they lost Thursday. They will be, you know, probably a three seed in March Madness, and they will have at least a week off, maybe eight days before their first game if they play Thursday or Friday. That first half that Texas Tech plays, I don't know who their opponent's going to be, but for me, would you look at a team coming out angry, revenge, man, we haven't played, and they're hitting on all cylinders, or would you maybe fade them in the first half? Again, contingent upon the opponent, but that's something I'm going to look at 
when I'm betting in the first round. I agree. I think the revenge narrative is very, very real in college basketball. The other thing to me is when is the game occurring? Um, yeah, we, that's a great point. Day games, unders are crushing historically. You know, it's really hard to get up and play a day basketball game, especially if you've already played one in the tournament. Yeah. So those are the two big ones for me. And again, college basketball is not my specialty. So it's it's one where I do have to lean on meaningful trends and the data. And those are the two biggest ones to me so far that – this week, I've been—I've only made three bets, but I've been profitable so far. Right, that's made, what we love. Made five NBA bets, but we'll talk about that well, later. You'll get brag about those later. Um, so, obviously, we have to talk about Duke and what Zion Williamson does to uh, college basketball, gambling. Because if you guys listened to the earlier podcast this week, we had the creator uh, you know, uh, of an algorithm that's been crushing in college basketball. And it was 3-0 and on Wednesday. Regressed a little Thursday. They went 3-3. Three and three. But Zion— was so incredible. He single-handedly pushed that Duke, uh, who were they playing? Syracuse. Duke-Syracuse game over when the first half was dead on under. So here's what happened. Uh, the total Lynch was, I believe, 144. And at halftime, it was like 70-something. No, no, it was in this low 60s. And I'm like, you know what? This is, this is going to hit. Let me see if I can middle by taking the over in the second half. And there was like a four-point delta where I could have. I was looking for that sweet spot. And then Zion in the second half proceeded to continue to make everything. And Syracuse had to keep up and made a bunch of threes. And they blew up the under that the machine had. But my over hedge hit, so I didn't lose as much. But... I mean, Zion Williamson scares me, and I'm not going to be betting against Duke at all. How many points on the spread do you think Zion Williamson is worth? So quarterbacks are historically worth seven, eight, somewhere around there. Um, I would say Zion Williamson is probably about seven to eight points. According to our friends at the Action Network, five points is historically high. He's probably worth close to seven points on the spread. And, and people will scoff at that, but if you just watch ten minutes of the first half, they're a totally different team. I'm so geeked for this North Carolina game. I got uh, Duke at two and a half and at three. Uh, it's now at four against North Carolina. Now, of course, uh, you know, North Carolina's beaten Duke twice this year. Revenge. Here we go. Zion has played, what, 30 seconds in those? Literally. And and Duke has lost one game at full strength this year. Uh, weird game to Gonzaga in Maui in November. R.J. Barrett. If you guys remember that, at the in the final minute, he tried to do hero ball and it failed miserably. Um, at full strength, this team's unbeatable. I don't think they will lose in the tournament. Now, the one thing when you look at the Ken Palm numbers, Lynch, they are very red, which is bad in one area: three-point shooting. Three hundred and thirty-second in the nation in three-point shooting. Uh, I can you win a title? Being that bad from three, because you know they're going to see zone in March Madness. Two things can take them down. Missing threes, and I guess foul trouble to Zion Williamson. Yeah, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because three-point shooting can lead to higher variance. It doesn't always. There's, uh, I think the assumption is, oh, you're taking shots that don't go in as often, so you're going to see more variance. But because of the effect that being a prolific three-point shooting team has on your offense, there's actually a lot less variance than you would imagine uh, based on a number of the studies. But that's So that said, even if it does increase your variance, you look at a team that doesn't shoot a ton of threes, and you're like, okay, they're going to be more consistent, right? Because they're driving to the basket, they're taking those closer shots, they're taking higher percentage shots. 
But the minute that you get into a situation where it's one game to advance yeah. and all you have to do is beat this one team one time, things like zones, things like just clogging the lane yeah. and forcing teams to take either long twos or threes that they're not comfortable with, that changes everything. And that's why I... I I understand why people say that Duke is unbeatable, but I think just from a probabilistic standpoint and not as a college basketball expert, not anything approaching it, this Duke team fails to win the title 30% of the time. Like the plus 225 for Duke to win yeah. the championship, that's right up that's about accurate to me. Yeah. There's no value there. I would say if anything there's probably value on the other teams in the field like a Virginia who's number 1 in Ken Palm currently going off at plus 550 to win the title, but 2 weeks ago was plus 950. So I mean if you Do you think the odds went down for them because of the Zion injury? Uh, I think I I based off of some of the the bets that we're seeing according to the Action Network tracking these bets I think is that people are coming in heavy on Virginia as a Duke alternative. Hmm. If you are out there and you want to bet on March Madness but you don't want to bet on the the betting favorite because that's not any fun and you don't feel like there's any yeah. value on that I think Virginia has been a very very clear second choice. Well, if you look at Virginia on Ken Palm, second offensively, second defensively. Oh, and they've lost two games this season, both to do. That's it. They've lost two games. Now, uh, they play Florida State tonight. Um, I think everybody's good. The world will be on Virginia after that second-half performance um, against, uh, was it North Carolina State? So, somebody. They, they whooped up on somebody in the second half. Um, I got to say, I, a third meeting against Duke potentially looms in the ACC final. I don't think I can back Virginia in that. I, I I just don't think I can. If Zion is there, there I just don't see how they beat Duke. No, I would agree, and that's where I feel like I'm in a in a good place to to try to find a little bit of a middle there. If that specific matchup happens, mm -hmm. if Virginia can avoid Duke, I'm very very happy with having a Virginia future. Yeah. And if they play against each other, I'll take Duke. And if so, Duke gets knocked out. Virginia's obviously going to be the favorite. So in their meeting in uh, Charlottesville, second meeting of the season, Duke. The 332nd ranked three-point shooting team was 13 of 21 from deep. 13? That's obscene. Uh, all right, so we talked Duke, Zion. Any games tonight that you like Lynch? I like Duke against North Carolina. <laughs> I really Duke do. Well. You know, it opened at two and a half, and I, that's where I really liked it. It's up to four right now. It's probably going to keep steaming uh, Duke's direction, but I – Short of this getting to five, uh, I really like Duke here. Uh, let's quickly look at another team that plays tonight. Nevada struggled mightily yesterday. They're playing San Diego State. I'm just going to give a word of caution again. The two podcasts ago, we talked about why we don't love Nevada. Somebody in the first round is going to throw a zone at them. And if their shots are off, their half-court offense stinks. And this team has really struggled down the stretch. We gave a sell on Nevada be careful. Now, if, they, if you're going to try to make it a track meet and they match up with somebody who's running up and down the court, Nevada will be fine because they can hang with anybody. they got a bunch of 22-year-old, 21-year-old guys. Uh, I think they can hang, but wrong matchup. 11-point favorites against San Diego State. 75% of the money is on the Aztecs. Re 75? Now, that's, let me ask you that. How much do you go? We know in, foot, in the NFL, you see 80% on one side, you go the other way. Can you do that in a high-variance sport like college basketball? I mean, you can, but how often? And maybe that's the better question. How often do you do that? I legitimately don't know. I, I am one who, if, 
again, anytime that I see a 15% or higher disparity between the tickets coming in and the money going in, I take a long, hard look at that because I, when you see those, those teams where you're creating that much value, they're profitable against the spread. Um, and especially in a sport like college basketball for me, where I, again, I don't know these teams that well. I look at trends. I look at big data like that. Um, and so that's, that's a really fascinating potential bet for me. And I, I think I'll probably, probably make a, a quarter unit play there. Get a little, again, like we San talked Diego about, State. like you just, you want to play college basketball. Yeah. It's, there's so much action out yeah. there this week. Um, let me get my, get my bill wet a little bit. Uh, if you're looking to fade the public, keep an eye on Alabama. Uh, the public is overwhelmingly on Kentucky. They get their big guy, Reed Travis. He's expected to play. But you know the public loves Kentucky. They love the Blue Bloods. North Carolina, Kentucky, uh, Duke, obviously. Um, take a look at Avery Johnson and Alabama. That's a scrappy team. Uh, I don't like going against them because uh, they, they just fight till the end. Another team I like a lot, Lynch, Iowa State. Um, for some reason in the Big 12 tournament every year, they play hard. They've got guys you haven't heard of. Uh, I like Iowa State tonight. And another uh, team, very fun to fade the public if you're into it, Mississippi State. Public all over Tennessee, Mississippi State in the SEC. That's a game that I like. So just a, a handful. Uh, any thoughts on the games on FS1 tonight, Lynch? Seton Hall Marquette should be fun. That should be a track meet. As someone who has been burned by Seton Hall several times as an Arizona fan, I will take any opportunity to bet against them. <laughs> Arizona fan. You always got to get that in. All right, uh, Lynch, I think that does it. Uh, you know, this is an exciting weekend uh, for college basketball. Listen, the NFL has been amazing, and, and it's weird. We're just not doing a lot of NBA. Do you want to quickly, before we go, brag to our listeners about your 5-0 and run? You'll never guess the team he's caught a heater on, folks. Well, the Los Angeles Lakers are one in four against the spread in their past five games, but I am five and zero oh in betting Lakers games, and it's been very, very simple. There's nothing sophisticated here. The one time that I felt the Lakers were the better team in the matchup against the Chicago Bulls in Chicago, they were one point favorites. I took the Lakers. The four other times where I felt like the Lakers were the inferior team, I took the other side. Took the Clippers on the money line at plus one forty-five. That's easy money. Yeah. Took uh, the Nuggets as 11-point favorites. That Easy was a dicey money. for a bit. It was for dicey a bit, but um, took the Celtics as six-point favorites. Easy money. And then that took the Ra took the Raptors on Thursday night as 10-point favorites. They yeah. made me sweat that one for a little bit, but ended up winning by 13, I believe. So LeBron's playing alongside G-leaguers. Do you guys realize that? Alex Caruso was a G-league guy uh, for most of the season. Andre Ingram. Cult hero. G-league guy. Mo Wagner, rookie. Uh, so anyways, listen, just NBA, be careful late in the season. No, check the lineups. A lot of guys sitting out, load management for LeBron. All right, guys, we gave out our college basketball picks. We will be back on Monday, March Madness. Huge bracket show. Um, I guarantee you I'll have 10 picks I've already fired on. Maybe double that by Monday morning. Last question, Andrew. Litt oh, you got one. I do. I got Errol Spence Jr., He's uh, minus 400 this weekend. PBC on Fox, our very first pay-per-view from Jerry World. Going to be a blast. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Earl Spence takes this one pretty, pretty easily. I will blindly back you on that. Uh, how many brackets will you fill out, Andrew Lynch? Ooh, that's a good question. I'll probably do four to eight personal brackets. Then uh, I say personal brackets because we're going to do a few for our college, college basketball on Fox social verticals. And uh, you know how there's always that one first or second round upset that just completely destroys yes. your bracket? 
we're going to destroy some brackets. We're going to light some brackets on fire. Ooh. We're going to take chainsaws to brackets. We're going to freeze brackets and throw them off the roof and hope that they <laughs> smash. So any listener who has had to watch their bracket literally or figuratively go up in flames in the past, if you have an idea about how to, as safely as possible, destroy a big printed out bracket, we're all ears. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, I am a 20 bracket guy myself, mm. and I'm not kidding. I will enter as many pools as I can get my money in on. Uh, I won two last year. Uh, the Fox won two years ago. Well, I probably don't. I don't know if I should announce that. But there is a bracket game at Fox among some friends. It's okay. We gamble at Fox. Okay, just making sure. Uh, and there uh, I won a good little chunk of money in that, let's just say, uh, a couple years ago. So I love myself a good bracket. Big bracket fan. Again, Monday show. We will blow it out Monday morning. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you next week.